morning, this is Shirley Smith, and as you know, we always, we like to talk about how to improve our mind, body, spirit, and soul, and what we do is look at how can we also, as we improve ourselves, how can we help to bridge gaps in society? So we have over 70 episodes, (laughs) and it's still growing because there are so many gaps, first of all, in society. And why are there so many gaps? Because we need to improve our mind, body, spirit, and soul. And I do separate that into four parts. Uh, Some people have three parts that they concentrate on when they talk about the human. Uh, And they look at what they refer to as the body, the spirit, and the soul. Uh, And then they consider the mind as a part of the soul. And I understand that, but I purposely call those out because I think for the mind, I like to think about we need to educate ourselves in order to help close some of the gaps that are in society because we're working off of sometimes half-truths or uh, misunderstood information. So we need to at, at least have information correct. So I believe in reading and reading nonfiction books to kind of help us with the mind. Uh, In addition to that, there are so many excellent books out that relates to the brain, that relates to, and one of the authors that I I really appreciate is Dr. Caroline Leaf and how she talks about the brain. She's a neurosurgeon, um, neuroscientist, excuse me. And so it's interesting that there are so many books out there that we really do need to educate ourselves, educate our minds. And then today what we will do is uh, try to increase or grow our spiritual life uh, by looking at and meditating upon Psalm 139. So quickly, what does meditation mean? It means many things to different people, so let's just talk about it a little bit here. So meditation is basically thinking deeply or focusing one's mind for a certain period of time. Well, why do people do that? For various reasons. Some people do it to silence themselves. Uh, Some do chanting as a process of silencing themselves. And then others do um, meditation to heighten their level of spiritual awareness. Some people do meditation in the form of what they call contemplation. Uh, Others uh, do meditation um, concentrating on their breathing, just a way of getting your your body settled so that you can think more deeply and and, or uh, hear more clearly. In the case of the Psalm 139 that we're doing today, we're going to try to meditate upon that so that we can hear God more clearly for direction for our personal life. So we will meditate upon Psalm 139. I think you will enjoy this. I will expand some of the words and their definition, looking at them as how they would be, say, in um, the Hebrew. And so this will be a wonderful way of calming yourself and learning to hear God's voice. So hang in there. I'll be right back. So Psalm 139 goes like this, and we will expand upon it as we're meditating upon each of the words within the scripture. And it goes like this. Verse 1 says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. That you means Yahweh, the self-existing one. 
the one who created every single thing that you see and don't see, that you know and do not know yet. And then also, if you look, it says, you have searched me, searched, meaning you have examined me thoroughly, and you know me. In other words, you see me, you test my heart toward you, and then if we were to look at uh, Psalm 7 and 9, it says that you test my mind and heart. And so it's not just your mind. So as we said earlier, the body is made out of the mind, the body, the spirit, and the soul. So God can actually test both our minds and our hearts. And it says, You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. So you know when I sit In other words, you know where I abide, you know where I dwell, and if I'm dwelling in you. It says, when I rise, you know when I rise. That means you know when I become established, when I become powerful, when I'm influential. And then it goes on to say, you perceive or you discern my thoughts. Those thoughts meaning the purpose and intentions that I have when I do what it is that I do. You already know what my intentions are. In other words, if you look at Psalm 44 and 21, it says, he knows the secrets of our heart. And Psalm 17 and three says, you visit me by night and you found nothing. So not only are you knowing my thoughts before I say anything, you also are visiting with me to discern my thoughts and my intentions and my purpose. Three says, you discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. My going out and my lying down. In other words, you discern the paths that I take my lifestyle, the ways that I'm living and doing things. You're also familiar, meaning that you're acquainted with my service and my stewardship toward you. And then if you look at the fourth scripture, it says, before a word is on my tongue, in other words, before I utter a word on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. That completely means you know everything and anything and the whole of it before I even utter it. Hebrews 4 and 13 says that, And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Scripture 5 says, You hem me in behind and before and you lay your hand upon me. So you confine me, you shut me in, and then when it says behind, meaning hereafter, the hereafter is in time. From this day forward, from the time that I was born until now, even before antiquity, So even in ancient times, 
you have shut me in to appoint and fix my life by your hand being upon me. And this is as us working together as an extension of your hand. That's very important. We don't realize that how we behave and what we do and what we focus on can be an extension of what God has placed in us in order to be an extension of Him. Job 19 and 8 says, He has walled up my way so that I cannot pass and has set darkness up on my path. And Job 9.33 says, There is no arbiter between us who might lay hands on us both. So in other words, there's no one in between you and God when it comes to working out your purpose, your plan, moving forward. It is between the two of you and your willingness to do the path that he has already laid out in Jeremiah. It talks about he's created the plan for our life. Verse verse 6 says, Such knowledge is too wonderful for me to um, obtain or attain. And such knowledge, meaning this perception and discernment and understanding and wisdom that God does with us, it is too wonderful for us to even understand it. It is so high that it's inaccessible sometimes for us. That's why we cannot attain it, because it is such high wisdom and knowledge, and it's so wonderful that it's way above our understanding, so considered to be inaccessible. Verse 7 says, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? So where, meaning how long can I go from you, your spirit? Uh, Your spirit being your breath, your mind, Father. How far and how long can I go from that? Uh, Where can I flee from your presence or your face? And Jeremiah 23 and 24 says, Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him? Meaning, this God asking this question. And he says, Do I not feel heaven and earth, declares the Lord? In other words, if I can feel, and that's the word F-I-L-L, if I can feel the heavens and the earth, where can you go to hide from me? Jonah 1 and 3 says, But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And he went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. And so he paid a fare and went down to go to sleep. But no one can get away from God's presence. So we know the rest of the story of Jonah. (laughs) He did not get away from God's presence. Verse 8 says, If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, 
you are there. So in other words, if I make my bed, if I spread out wherever, you're there, wherever that is. The depths are like a place of no return. Even if I go to a place of no return, you are there. We can never get so far from God. I love this example that someone gave to me one day. Uh, years ago, and she said to me, she said, I have a vision of you dancing with God, doing like a waltz. And every so often, like in the dance when you're doing a waltz, the man may uh, twirl the lady away from him, holding only by the fingertips. And she said, I can see you making this sigh, like, oh my God, what's happening? You're get- I'm getting too far from you. And just at that moment, he pulls you in and completes the dance. In other words, you're never so far that God cannot reach you. Scripture 9 says, If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, 10, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, Surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night before me. So let's let's look at this scripture. Surely if the darkness, the secret place, surely the secret place. So the darkness here is not a negative thing, but surely the secret place in God will hide me when I need to be hidden. And the light becomes night around me. So in other words, night in that scripture is saying the light becomes a protective shadow around me. So sometimes the words look like appear to be in a negative way, but they're not. If you look these up in the original language, then you find out that this is actually a positive verse. 12 says, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day. So your protective shadow will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. So meaning darkness or in the secret place is as light to you. So light being joy and happiness for you. Verse 13 says, For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. So if we were to reflect on Job 10 and 11, it says, You clothe me with skin and flesh and knit me together with bones and um, tissue connecting both my bones and my muscles. Complementary scriptures like Job 10, 11 says, You clothe me with skin and flesh and knit me together with bones and tissue that united my bones and muscles. And Deuteronomy 32 and 6 says, Is it not your father who created you, who made you and established you? 13, scripture 13 of Psalms 139 says, For you created my my inmost being, You knit me together in my mother's womb. 
14, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. In other words, I am made by an awesome God who did an astonishing work on me. Wonderfully made, meaning that I'm distinct. I'm separated and distinguished. This is how you made me. Each one of us you've made very distinct. And your words are wonderful. Wonderful there means extraordinary. And distinguishing are your works from anyone else's. I know that full well. So I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. They're extraordinary. I know that full well. In other words, I perceive that very well. Psalms 72 and 18 says, God alone does wondrous things. So 139 and 15 says, My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. 16 says, Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Let's look at this verse more closely and a little bit more deeply. Your eyes saw my unformed body, my embryo, my fetus, All the days ordained for me were written in your book, in God's book of genealogical registry, before one of them came to be. So before one of my days came to be, you had written in your book, me. Psalm has a complimentary scripture with um, Psalms 139 and 16. You can find that in Psalms 56 and 8, which says, You have kept count of my tossings. You have put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? And then if when Psalm 139 and 17 goes, it says, How precious to me are your thoughts. How vast is the sum of them. And here, when we look at how precious to me are your thoughts, meaning how precious to me is your purpose, how vast is the sum of them? It's so numerous. Your thoughts and your purpose can be numerous. Sometimes we think we just have one, one little purpose on the earth. But then God is doing many things with us because his works are wonderful through us. Psalm 92 and 5 says, How great are your works, your thoughts are very deep. So if you look at 139, Psalm 139 and 18, it says, Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. And when we look at the word awake, as I'm becoming awake, or there are signs that I'm waking up. And I wanted to emphasize that one because today it's so popular to say, I'm awake, <laughs> meaning that I'm alert, I understand what's going on, I'm no longer sleeping and slumbering in my understanding. And so this scripture is saying that it says, 
Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. So when I awake really means when I'm showing signs of waking up, I am still with you. So a complimentary scripture could be Psalms 40 and 5, which says your deeds and thoughts toward us, I will proclaim, yet they are more than that can be told. Your deeds and thoughts toward us are so wonderful. It's more than I could ever tell if I proclaim them every single day. Scripture 19 of 139, Psalms 139. If only you, God, would slay, would slay the wicked away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. And here with bloodthirsty ones, they are really referring to mortal individuals. So there are individuals who, uh, unfortunately, uh, are just wanting to hurt others. And so here David is saying, you know, please, Father, you know, slay the wicked. Get them away from me. Uh, And so 20 says, They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. So misuse means it's they're misusing God's name. They're calling God's name in vain. And that's like saying that God's name is worthless. And that is not at all true. But I don't think people realize that when they use God's name in vain, that's basically what they're doing, saying that the name is worthless. Uh, Exodus 20 and 7 is a complimentary verse. It's, the Lord will not hold one guiltless who takes his name in vain. So it is very serious. And I think now, especially now, when you're watching the news or even just listening to others talk, you hear the name of God used in vain so often in our movies these days. But that is uh, something that does not go unnoticed. So Psalm 139 and 21 says, Do I know, do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and auber those who are in rebellion against you? 22 says, I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. And hatred there means also grieve. I have nothing but grief for them. Uh, and I, but I am consumed with this grieve, uh, grievement. Um, and 23 says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offense, offensive way in me, and lead me in the way of everlasting. So let's look at that. What exactly did we say? Search me, God, and discern my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See, so observe and watch me. See if there any offensive way So is there pain, sorrow, habits, directions, a moral character in me that needs to be changed? And then lead me in the way everlasting. So lead me into eternity. Complimentary verse would be Jeremiah 18 and 15. 
but my people have forgotten me. They make offerings to false gods and made them stumble in their ways in the ancient roads and to walk into side roads, not the highway. So in other words, what God is saying here on the 24th, when it says, lead me in the way of everlasting. So lead me away from my way of doing things, understanding things, seeing things. Because as Jeremiah 18 and 15 says, God's people and other people have forgotten uh, you know, his offerings. And so they're going into offering to false gods. They have idols. And one of the huge idols that is on the earth today is definitely the greed for money, the greed for wealth. And even though the scripture says that money is the root of all evil, it doesn't mean that you can't have money. Yes, you can have money. It's just that You shouldn't do anything under the sun to get it. You will kill your neighbor, kill your parents. You will uh, steal from your friends or steal from others. You will cause others to be living in poverty just so that you can be, say, a billionaire. Uh, You uh, will keep others from being healthy uh, because you want to make sure that you're the only one that's healthy enough to get to the money so that you can have greater wealth. So we need to understand that scripture when it says money is the root of all evil. Are we seeing that today? Are we seeing that we're having more people in poverty and then we're also having more billionaires at the same time? Uh, Are we seeing that uh, the scripture says that if we know what to do but don't do it, That is a sin. So we think of things like abortion as a sin, but we don't think of things that the scripture says are sins as well. So there are many sins. I don't know that one is greater than the other, but there are many sins. And so we have to look at that and see uh, what is actually a sin. And the only way we can do this is do what we're doing today, which is meditate upon the scriptures Allow the scriptures to teach us, to speak to us. Allow God to speak to us through the scriptures. It goes on to say here as a complementary to what we have read, and this is just a complementary scripture in Psalm 5 and 6, it says that the Lord destroys those who speak lies. So sometimes we think it's okay to just lie. That's okay. That's just the way everybody's doing it today, you know. But that's not okay. Uh, That's not something that's overlooked. So then, the very last scripture uh, I would like to go back to is 139 and 10. And this is like a reminder Out of all the scriptures in 139, it says, Even there your hand will guide me. So, your right hand will hold me fast. So, it starts at 9 and it says, If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle or if I dwell on the far side of the sea, even there 
your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to meditate upon Psalm 139, 1 through 24. We thank you for complimentary scriptures that's helping us to better understand your word. And most of all, Father, we want to listen to this word again to see what stands out for us today. So we will ask ourselves this question. Why is it that I meditated upon Psalm 139, 1-24 today? What was I to learn that maybe I did not know? Or what was I to learn that is helping me to better understand a situation that I'm currently experiencing? So Father, we thank you for your, your word. And we bless your name. Now today what we did was we meditated upon scripture. And the hope is that we are able to listen to that maybe three times or so. And we'll ask ourselves the question, what did I need to hear today? In other words, I'm listening to this scripture, and what was the purpose for me listening to this scripture today? What words or phrases stood out to me? Was there a message that God was trying to get to me? So that was the purpose of meditating upon the scripture. Now, there are other things that we can do because there's so much noise in the world today with news and uh, cell phones and so forth and family and friends and peers and you know it goes on and on there are so many voices so at some point you need to hear the voice of God so I think that's the first step would be to meditate upon scripture and then after you've had an opportunity to meditate upon scripture and I would suggest doing Pick out some scriptures that you can meditate upon every day. It doesn't have to be an entire uh, chapter as we did today. Or, you know, it could be one or two verses uh, of a chapter. And so uh, you can try that. But I would suggest doing some meditation upon scriptures every day. Okay, and then ask that question to God. What did I need to hear that was a part of this scripture today. And then if you're wanting to go a step farther, let's just say you're trying to figure out a little bit more about your purpose, or maybe you know your purpose and there is a particular thing that you want to do. And let's just say it's a business. Well, in that case, uh, there are other steps that you can take as well because there are so many assessments out there these days that they can be confusing. But I think one of the key things that would be helpful after you have meditated on scripture, there is something called the values in action inventory, or it's the the VIA uh, classification of character strengths and virtues. And when you look at that, it's about six virtues that that particular assessment will pull out the virtue of wisdom, courage, 
humanity, justice, temperance, and transcendence. And I think those are really key as well because with the, the Via Caritin Virtues uh, assessment, you're able to actually look and see what do you currently have in these six virtues that will be helpful to you and your happiness and your health. And then also can be key to understanding these virtues in others. Uh, and so just as an example of virtue of wisdom, we're looking at things like creativity, judgment, love for learning, perspectives, curiosity. And if you're looking at virtues of courage, it's bravery, perseverance, honesty, zest. Virtues of humanity would be things like love, kindness, and social intelligence. Virtues of justice, on the other hand, would be more like teamwork, fairness, and leadership. Virtues of temperance, forgiveness, humility, prudence, self-regulation, and virtues of transcendence is appreciation of beauty and excellence, gratitude, hope, humor, and spirituality. So if you take that uh, assessment to better understand your character strengths and virtues, I think that would be very helpful because if you notice what's listed in these virtues, a lot of that has to do with virtues that are mentioned in the Holy Bible. And so if you can take that assessment and better understand what naturally is a part of you and maybe how you can better that, that would be great. So that's another way of looking at it. So uh, in other words, there are steps that you can take because there's, as I said, there are so many assessments. You get confused as to what is each assessment doing. So I think if you were to meditate upon scriptures, at least some scriptures every day, and then maybe take the VIA assessment to try and understand what are your virtues, which virtues stand out for you or your strongest. And then you may want to look at things like uh, the Myers-Briggs. The Myers-Briggs will is an assessment that will help you to better understand perhaps what career you might be. Uh, have the strongest suits in. It actually pulls out, you know, calls out particular uh, areas of focus that you might be very successful in. And then there's something called the Strength Finders. Uh, and this, again, is another assessment. And I think this one is really good for uh, not only figuring out who you are, but also, if you're working with a team of people, uh, it is helpful for you understanding uh, which, um, which strengths your team members may have or your significant other may have. Or it, It's helpful when you working with, say, members of an organization. You have certain strengths and other people in that have certain strengths. So if you understand that, you can delegate authority to other people within the group and sometimes the work is not redundant and that's what causes issues sometimes within teams and within uh, organizations is because uh, everyone is trying to do the same thing and I've noticed that when I'm dealing with groups of people I can tell who has identified their strengths and learn to delegate authority to other people in the same group. 
Uh, and then I can also tell when people have not realized that this is their strength, but then when they're in a particular team or group, they may not want to use that particular strength because it is already there and operating quite well. And so that's another reason for confusion sometimes. Uh, I believe that God does do what the scripture says. It says that uh, the Holy Spirit actually sends the gifts to a church. I believe the Holy Spirit can send gifts to organizations. But if you have people in those organizations that cannot identify that this is a gift that has been sent to me, then they don't know that they can delegate authority to that person to do that particular thing. So that's something we just need to be aware of. So just for you, if you haven't heard of Strength Finders, uh, the types of things that it pulls out, there are about 30 um, strengths that, uh, and, and they're really themes that they mention that you may want to uh, look up and under, better understand. Are you an achiever? Are you an activator? Are you analytical? Are you a communicator? Are you a person who believes in connecting the dots, so to speak, a connectingness type? Uh, are you one who uh, naturally has great sympathy, one who knows how to focus, one who's very futuristic with your thinking, um, one who is um, a, what we call an intellection person, a person who is really very intellectual, loves to read, loves to study, uh, research, so on and so forth. Uh, are you one who is very strategic? And so as an example, I've noticed for myself uh, one of my strengths about several years ago was strategic, whereas that does not necessarily come up in my top five. It's close to my top five. I think it's like number six. But I think the reason why that switched is because several years ago, my job was to be strategic, to be a planner, to be one who looked into the future and, you know, gave thoughts as to this is the direction we need to go and how we can do that. And so now in this season of my life, I'm not responsible for creating the strategy and then, you know, giving out that information uh, as to the best way to get things done. Even though I can see uh, because that's just a part of who I am. I can see things. I may not say anything, or I may say something, but that usually gets me in trouble. So I may not say anything on purpose because that's not my role. Even though it might be a strength, it's not my role in a particular team that I'm in. So that those are the things you want to understand. And the value of doing these assessment tests is that you know, once you have heard from God in Scripture, you feel you know what He's calling you to do based upon what He's doing on the earth. And then you start looking at yourself and you're trying to figure out what are my natural virtues. So again, that would be then looking at the via assessment. And then once you kind of figured out what your natural virtues are, it might be good for you to figure out what are your strengths and how do those strengths work best with teams, organizations, members of organizations, my significant others, all these people that are in your life? Because remember this, you're not called to do everything. 
And that's where I think people miss it. They feel they're supposed to do everything. It's like, this is my ministry. So, you know, they try to do everything in the ministry. But then gifts, the scripture says that the Holy Spirit sends gifts. And those gifts you can delegate authority to. And you could probably get things done more effectively and potentially uh, quicker than if you're trying to do everything yourself. So, uh, last little, th- I'll throw this last thought out. Uh, I learned in one of my uh, Yale class, which was um, just called the Science of Well-Being out of the uh, School of Psychology. They have a process that's referred to as WHOOP. So it's, what is your greatest wish? That's the W. What outcome do you, would you like to have? That's one of the O's. And then what obstacles are preventing you from doing whatever this is? That's the other O. And then P is plan. And how can you plan to overcome all the obstacles that are keeping you from doing this greatest wish that you have? And they do suggest that you spend quiet time alone and you think what comes to you as the greatest desire that you have. So... Now that you've heard all of these things, be aware that there is help and support and resources available for those who are attempting to move forward and that moving forward is not always as easy as we would like, but it is possible. I hope this is helpful information to you. So today we've done quite a few things. One is that we meditated upon Psalms 139, uh, the first verse all the way through the 24th verse. And we looked at some complementary scriptures that could help us and aid us in our understanding of what God is saying to us in scripture. And then the second thing we did was looked at some potential next steps. In other words, if we're trying to figure out our purpose or our direction, or maybe we're trying to decide, you know, what business that we're supposed to do, and uh, we may have, we may be so talented that we have about four or five businesses that we're considering. And if that's the case, then you're trying to figure out from God, okay, which one of these should I tackle first? I am now um, going through the process of meditating on the scriptures every day, uh, how do I get closer to understanding what it is that I'm supposed to do? Then we talked about, you might want to try looking at the BIA classification or character strengths and virtues uh, through the VIA Institute. So that's just VIA Institute. You can just Google it online. And there's an assessment that they do to help you figure out which of the six virtues you actually have. And then the next thing you might want to do is look at uh, an assessment called Myers-Briggs, which will actually sort of pinpoint a couple or so um, career paths or particular areas that you might be more successful in than others. And then another thing you can do is look at what's called strength finders. And strength finders can then look more deeply at uh, some of the themes, uh, like achiever. What? Who are you? 
uh, but more specifically, it will give you an opportunity to kind of look at yourself. But then from what you've learned, you can also see strengths in others too. And that's key in helping you forming your teams or uh, working better with your significant other or working better with, say, your family or maybe working better within your church or organization, whatever it is that you have more than yourself uh, is involved in projects, then you can uh, help figure out when you need to delegate authority to others who have strengths that can be helpful in, in certain projects that you're working on as a team. The last thing I would like to do is say this. Uh, don't ever feel that you have gotten too far along that is too late. It's never too late to, to circle back and maybe work on something else. And so I'll leave you with this one. Um, Dr. Caroline Leaf has written a book called Switch on Your Brain. And so basically what she's saying is that uh, it's still possible to program your brain again. It's kind of like the scripture I think about that says, then he made again another, was talking about the potter. The potter was making this pot and then somehow it got um, messed up while he was making it. And so he just started all over again and made again another. And so it's never too late for you to go through a process of making again uh, in a, a better situation. According to Dr. Caroline Leaf, she says that it's your attitude, not your DNA, that determines the quality of your life. And so she says, she uses some scriptures where she referred to Deuteronomy 30 and 19. She says, I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursing. Therefore, choose life for both you and your descendants may live. So in other words, if you want to look scientifically at this, you would be looking at a word that we refer to as uh, epigenetics, uh, whereas spiritually, it's really Deuteronomy 30 and 19, which basically tells us that out of our mouth, what we speak out of our mouth is very powerful. And so we can speak the curses or we can speak blessings. And so shall our life basically go. So it's never too late. Uh, as she says as well, is that if we have wired in somehow the wrong choices, they can be unwired or they can be wired out. And that has a lot to do with um, how we see things, our attitude. Uh, she goes on to use this scripture, which is Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. It says, the Lord's mercies are new every morning. So this is, this is um, important for us to realize that we can renew our brain because the cells, we get new brain cells every day, uh, by the way. So we can renew and rewire our brains. So don't give up. I hope this has been helpful to you. There are some references in there that I hope that you will take advantage of. Uh, and uh, I have found them to be very good information. Um, I've taken a number of courses that relates to sort of moving forward. And that's how I look at all of this is moving forward. So uh, that's information for you. I hope that you have enjoyed Bridge the Gap. So let's learn how to bridge the gap in our mind, body, spirit, and soul. 
and hopefully that gap in society uh, is no longer us causing it, <laughs> uh, but maybe it's somebody else that has not looked into bridging the gap in their own mind, body, spirit, and soul. This has been Bridge the Gap with Shirley Smith. It's been a wonderful time with you as always. Uh, you can always Google us if you're passing this on to one of your friends. Google us just Shirley Smith and Bridge the Gap. And you can find us and listen to us on your favorite podcast uh, system, whatever that may be. So you have a wonderful day and may God bless your coming and your going out. In the name of Jesus, we say this. Amen. <laughs>